0: Hi, I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie V47, from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape podcast. You're listening to another great four eyed radio product. For more shows, check out four It's morphin' time!
1: Ay, 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 It's the Ranger Command Power Hour!
0: Today on the Power Hour, episode 178, Ranger Command Interview, LL McKinney, Power Rangers Unlimited, Air to Darkness, recorded on March 25th, 2021. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's so time to Ranger up with your hosts, I'm Eric, also known as b 47 And I'm Zach, also
2: known as Hollywood.
0: This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PH to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons. Chris P., Steve F., AJW, Tyler W., Tyler B., Tyler D., Eric D., Leland D., Jacob P., Steve M., Liz M., Craig M., Mason M., Hassan A., Bo H., Rahim Y., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. You can also find all of the links for our podcast at linktr.ee slash ph as well as our Amazon affiliate store at amazon.com shop slash rangercommandph to support the podcast. Zach, hello. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Pretty good. I want to note that before we get to the interview with L. McKinney for Power Rangers Unlimited Air to Darkness, we are releasing this the day that this issue releases. We will be doing a little bit of a review before the interview, It's a fantastic interview. We appreciate Elle's time so much, as well as Boom Studios for helping to organize the interview. It was a fantastic talk. She had some great answers and stories from the questions that we asked, so please stay tuned for that. But we will be talking exclusively about this comic book issue. There are going to be a ton of spoilers, so if you have not read this issue yet, please save this podcast episode until after you read the comic. I cannot stress that enough.
2: Yeah, normally we want you to listen to us right away, but please read the comic first. You're going to be rewarded by how awesome the story is if you go into it with no spoilers.
0: Yes, I will absolutely say that. Even our interview with Elle McKinney, she dives straight into the spoilers, talking about some of the implications at the end of this book. So, total spoiler warning, that's our final yep. say on that. This is your, your one and only chance to bail out now. Right. So, Power Rangers Unlimited, Air to Darkness number one, Author L.L. McKinney from A Blade So Black. Artist Simone Rigazzoni, who did Power Rangers Dracon New Dawn. Colorist Igor Monti, who was coloring in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And letterer Ed Dukeshire, Once in Future. He also has lettered all of the Power Ranger comics ever. Present a powerful news story that no Power Rangers fan can miss. And this release is March 31st. 2021. This is when the episode is coming out. And a little bit of a synopsis. Astronema is one of the most popular Power Rangers villains ever, and her true origin is revealed for the first time in a one-shot directly connected to the events of Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers. Before she became a Power Ranger, a young girl named Carone was kidnapped by bounty hunters and brainwashed into the assassin known... As Astronomer by two of the greatest threats in the galaxy, Dark Spectre and Ecliptor. But what is Dark Spectre's true plan and what does it mean for the new Mighty Morphin and Power Ranger teams? And I almost want to say that the reading order for this, I know that Power Rangers 5 was released a week earlier than this Air to Darkness, but Air to Darkness leads directly into Power Rangers 5, even though the end of that. Comics says, continued in Power Rangers 6. Yes, the story is continued, but for the timeline of events, Air to Darkness is first, and then it leads straight into Power Rangers 5. First of all, it's amazing that they're tying in this bigger threat with the Imperials and the Unlimited Power arc, and they're tying it directly to this new Unlimited series which we talked about last episode on Ranger Command, we're getting a Phantom spin spinoff as well, written by another up-and-coming comic book writer. All that being said, this is a fantastic issue.
2: It really is. I haven't been keeping up with the comics as much as I would like, but uh, I had interest in this because I appreciate getting to know a little bit more about the villains. Mm-hmm. And when it was like, oh, this is Astronomer's backstory, I said, yeah, I, I need to read this because I love Astronema. She's a great villain. She's got a tragic past. I want to know more about that.
0: Well, the great thing about this one shot is, even though it's connected to the events that are happening now in the comics, this is truly a standalone because it really is her origin it fills in the gaps between her slightly older childhood and maybe a few years set before we see her in In Space. Just judging by the comic book timeline, if the current season of Mighty Morphin in the comics is around that season two era, then timeline-wise, it's a few years before we see the astronomer of In Space. Obviously, in this comic, she's got a slightly different outfit than Uh, what we've normally seen her in the show. But the timeline works for me, and it's great because this story really fleshes out a lot of her past.
2: Yeah, it really does. And getting the peek behind the curtain at the trauma that she had to deal with growing up as one of these trained assassins that uh, Mm -hmm. Ecliptor was mentoring, it's really interesting to see. And I loved the dynamic between the kids. You know, we have Kay. Mm We have D, we have Mal, and X, I think is the other one.
0: Yeah, X. Mm-hmm.
2: It's fun to see how, like, they have these interpersonal little fights that spring up, and, you know, like kids would have.
0: Right. And the premise for this issue is basically how Astronomer got the title of uh, the Princess of Evil. And when the show, Dark Specter was this emperor of evil. So what's great about this issue is essentially we learn that Dark Specter is using his generals like Dark Honda, like Ecliptor, to recruit these kids, wipe their memories, and basically make them brainwashed soldiers. And Astronoma, she's not... Known as Astrona, that's the title she gains in this issue. But she's known as K, and they've completely had their identity stripped. They're just assigned the first letter of their name and numbers, and then they give each other these little nicknames that are parts of their name. And it's very surprising. I'm not going to spoil who everyone is. I do want people to read the issue. I don't want to spoil the interview because. We talk about some of those identities yeah. uh, in the interview with Elle. But it follows Corone, known as Kay, in this story, and her little band of assassins, like a, a brotherhood almost. Two girls, two boys, and they've trained most of their lives to essentially battle each other and find out who is worthy enough to become heir to Dark Specter's throne. It fills in so many gaps from the show. What we saw in Turbo, what we saw in In Space, and the Turbo movie even connecting back to it. There are a ton of deep cuts in this, and I think for Power Ranger fans who are eagle-eyed and know this lore, this is going to be such a fulfilling issue.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was really great getting to talk with Elle about some of the hidden Easter eggs and things that she wanted to put in. Just stuff like that, I think, is super rewarding if you're a longtime fan. If you're interested in these characters, it's definitely going to pique your interest all that Mm -hmm. much more.
0: And what I liked in our conversation with Elle is finding out how much of a hardcore Power Rangers fan... She is, especially for In Space. And she was there. I think she's around our age, but that peak fandom where what we've watched from the first episode and fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And fell in love with Power Rangers. So it was great to really geek out with her on just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and talking about Turbo and In Space. And it was really great to find out the passion and dedication that she had for making this issue the best it could be.
2: Mm -hmm, Absolutely.
0: Now, I don't want to just talk about the story because we talked about it a little bit. I don't want to spoil too much. I really want people to get uh, the feel for this issue, but there's even some amazing visual Easter eggs. At one point uh, you see Scorpina in the background of kind of like this hall of dark heroes gallery And I thought that was a great Easter egg. Like if Dark Specter is truly this great big threat that they're making him out to be in the comics and not just in this short story, but they've been hinting at Dark Specter in this new arc for Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers. We're already getting teases of it. So to see that he's essentially got this growing army that he's recruiting these young kids, brainwashing them and making them the most evil warriors that they can be. And to see Scorpina's face on the wall in in one of these early panels, I was like, well, that's an interesting twist. Now it's giving more story to Scorpina, and maybe she was another one of these kids that were kidnapped and brainwashed and put through this program.
2: Yeah, I'm looking through the comic right now, actually just kind of marveling at some of the, the artwork as well. And yeah, it is fun to see how these villains came up through this training from Dark Spectre and to get to know more about them. I love stuff like that. I love when we Mm -hmm. get to expand on the villains. Because, you know, we expand on the ranger stories all the time in the show, in the comics. But getting to to see more of the villains, that's a treat.
0: Mm -hmm. One of the story elements I really appreciated in this issue was we know Astronema's future. We know Corona and Astronema's future. We know the brainwashing that she's been through. We know the events of the series because we grew up watching those. And to see her getting lied to by the people who are brainwashing and how they're manipulating her and hiding the truth from her is really, really fascinating to see. It gives so much context to the show. And just a little tease for the interview, that's what Elle was talking about. She said, look, I've turned fan fiction into canon. By having this official comic for Boom Studios, now the lore has expanded so much with Corone, with some of the other characters, which some are pulled from the Power Rangers universe in, in a surprising new way. And that's what really makes this issue stand out for me. It's the journey that this young Corone to her start of being evil and all the love that Corone and Astronema has gone in the comics, whether from Shatter Grid and a little bit of Beyond the Grid to The Psychopath and even some of the short stories like The Trial of Astronema. We're getting all these touchstones and moments in her life that we see between the moments that we see in the show. And it's great.
2: It really is. This comic, it was a good read. It was a fun read. And I like that you and I both kind of geeked out over the same things. Where you're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, did you see this? Oh, I can't believe this. And like that joy, I think, you have mm-hmm. when you're reading this comic is is a big selling point.
0: Right. I didn't want to just talk about the writer who will have the interview at the end of this episode, but the art by Simone Rigazzoni is incredible, and the colors as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't expect it to be vibrant, considering it's a villain story. Typically, Mm -hmm. you don't think of villains as being vibrant, but it is. I mean, the coloring is fantastic. The Uh, Action is drawn incredibly well. Fight scenes are drawn really well. It's a great book. It really is.
0: I really like the depictions of Darkonda in this as well, as well as Ecliptor. Mm -hmm. They look incredible, uh, faithful to what we've seen in the show, but pushed a little bit more with the art style. Yeah, And when you have comics like this, it's great to really make those characters bolder uh than what we've seen. And even Ecliptor, he's a little bit younger and he's got slightly different look than what we've seen in the show. He's not fully green and black as what we've seen in the show. He's got armor pieces here and there. He's got this cloak and you see that in Power Rangers 5 as well because he's on the cover of <laughs> he's on the cover of that issue.
2: Yeah.
0: So I love that they're not only weaving the story between the show but also what's going on in the comics right now. I cannot praise the art and the colors uh, enough. Everything is super detailed. The fight scenes are great. The panel layouts are insane. There's a spread during one of the main fights and it breaks up and all these different like triangle shaped panels. And it's just really cool. And the colors. There's a lot of pinks. There's a lot of purples and greens. A lot of yellows and warm tones. And exactly what you said, Zach. Not typical of what you expect from like a darker themed comic like this.
2: You mentioned your favorite panel or spread being the fight with the, the triangle panels. I gotta say, I think my favorite is that reveal of Astronema after she steps out of communing with the darkness. Yes. You've got Ecliptor there, and he's he's about to call her Carone. He Corrects himself. He says, "My princess." It just cut over to her, and she's standing triumphantly. Yeah, that's right. I'm a badass.
0: So good. It is so good. So I definitely cannot recommend this enough. I think this is a fantastic issue. Very amazing one shot. I love that there's this new Power Rangers Unlimited banner that now every three months or so they can tell a new story and I cannot wait for what the next reveal is. I can't wait to read the future one with Phantom Ranger coming up. Yeah. Like you said in our last episode, Zach, we're getting these origin stories with the villains and different characters that didn't get a lot of focus on the show or fans have been clamoring for more story. And I think it's a fantastic time to be a a reader of the Power Rangers comics.
2: Oh, just imagine if we got, like, a Doggy Kruger story.
0: Yeah, like The Fall of Sirius. I would love something like that. That would be amazing. Power Rangers Unlimited, air to darkness. It is available now in comic shops definitely pick it up and read it if you haven't already if you've listened to this episode and you have been teased at some of the spoilers again this is the last warning because our interview with Elle McKinney full-on spoiler alert yeah she was eager to
2: just dive in and we were not going to stop her so yeah we weren't going (laughs) to stop her at
0: all it's a fantastic interview and I hope all of our listeners enjoy you can listen to that right now So today we are interviewing writer L.L. McKinney. Her works include The Nightmare Verse Books, Nubia Real One Through DC, Marvel's Black Widow Bad Blood, and more. For Power Rangers, she has ran the upcoming Power Rangers Unlimited Air to Darkness number one, which goes on sale March 31st. Welcome to Ranger Command, L.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, this is great. This is something that we always ask people that we interview that we're new to interviewing. What was your first experience with Power Rangers?
1: My first experience with Power Rangers is kind of fuzzy because I was a wee thing. It was fourth or fifth grade, and it was Mighty Morphin. It was the first episode Mm -hmm. of Mighty Morphin, and I had been into Sailor Moon. Right. Um, So when they were making the advertisements and it was teenagers who were transforming colors, I was like, oh, my heart. And so I was instantly hooked. I loved it. There was fighting. There was a dude's head in a fishbowl. I didn't know what was going on, but I was 110% here for it. And it was just it was amazing. It was funny. The stuff that they would do, like at school or at the juice bar, I loved it. And then when we started to get, you know, like the the characters swapped out, I was of mm-hmm. course devastated. But then, you know, we got Aisha. And I, you know, as a little black girl, I was like, "Yeah, she was great. Just look at her. Oh, my God. Freaked out with that. And, you know, Adam was one of my favorite. And then he's just one of my favorite people because he's in a lot of the anime that I like now. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just a lot of things that I love have sprung up from Power Rangers or being associated in Power Rangers somehow. So that's my very first memory is of watching these kids fight. And seeing, I remember seeing Billy and Zach specifically, where Mm. Billy was more running from the fight (laughs) than actually participating in it. And I was like, you know what, relatable, relatable, my guy, yes, because I was the geek (laughs) and the nerd, you know. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. So I I saw a lot of stuff of me in like Mm -hmm. bits and pieces of the characters. So it was Mighty Morphin, that first episode. I was hooked from that point forward. My Saturdays were booked. Don't bother me. (laughs) Don't talk to me. And when they came to like after school programming and then after oh, Mm -hmm. oh man, I was, I had to be home by a certain time. No, I'm not going to the doctor. If I went to the doctor, I was so pissed at my parents. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> do you not know power rangers is on right now i have to see what's happening with turbo yeah like my entire childhood is wrapped up in anime and power rangers and sailor moon in particular so
0: oh awesome yeah i i remember watching sailor moon back in the day you know along with dragon ball and, and all of that it's uh fun times fun times but more importantly you are writing air to darkness which deals with Astronomer, you're also the first black female author to write for a Power Rangers comic. How does it feel to add your voice to such a huge universe like Power Rangers?
1: It is, I, I honestly lack the words sometimes because, you know, it, it's amazing, it's terrific. It's like, no, it goes so much deeper than that mm-hmm. because, first and foremost, I'm a fan. Yeah. So I literally get to like, Make my fanfic canon. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's wild to me. I'm still like thinking about how, out of all the toys me and my sisters had, we had this duffel bag of Power Rangers figurines and like the Zord that you would piece together and it would, st- it was a ninja Zord that you would piece together and it would stand up like three feet tall. And we weren't allowed to put that in the regular toy box. It had to go in a duffel bag in my grandfather's closet because it was so doggone expensive. (laughs) It had so many little pieces. It's like, you're not just throwing that in there with your Ninja Turtles and Barbies. No, ma'am. So looking back on how much this influenced me and my Mm -hmm. writing, because the very first book that I wrote, I was like 10 or 11 years old and it was a Power Rangers fanfic. I didn't know that. I didn't know what fanfic was, but I thought I was being you know, creative with these colorful people out in space and each one has their own ship and they say these magic words and they transform into these dudes with helmets and suits and stuff. I thought I was being original, but looking <laughs> back on it, I'm like, you wrote fanfic. So for me to to step into writing as a career and want that mm-hmm. and to realize that it could be a thing I could do at that young age and for power rangers to be the first story that i formulated now to be able to be part of it 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 feels right um Mm. and to be part of my favorite season which is in space (laughs) oh my god it just i don't know it i really literally do lack the words and to be the first black woman to write for the comics and potentially for it period though right go out on that we're still trying to figure out, you know, even for the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I may be the first period, is both devastating and delightful at the same time. Cause you know, you're sick of having firsts like this in 2021, but at the same time, holy crap, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's bittersweet. Um, mm. but I'm gonna focus on the sweet part of it too, because it's just like I I'm the coolest auntie in the world right now. <laughs> Because I get to write power. Because, the ki- like, my sister's kids, you know, they're hanging on to Dino Fury right now. Nice. Yes. And my, my kids are, like, not my kids. Well, they're mine, but they're my sister's kids. But we call them just the babies collectively, even though mm-hmm. one of them 16. You'll be 30 and we're calling you the babies, y'all. But anyway, <laughs> they are loving it. And they're falling in love with the things that we loved as a kid. And to be creating some of that stuff is mm-hmm. just... Man, I, I wish I could have the words for it or find the words for it. Words are what I do, but right. <laughs> they fail me in moments like this.
0: Well, um, Zach and I were able to read the whole story, and y- you can tell it's seeped in the lore of the show. There's so many callbacks and little tidbits in the whole story. So as a fan, from fan to fan, it definitely shows yeah, in the writing. Absolutely.
1: Oh, man, that's, I'm so happy to hit because that's that's my main thing is I was telling someone on another interview that as a fan, I was going through and rewatching stuff because it's like, <laughs> I think I remember this correctly, but I want to be doggone sure because mm-hmm. they will come for me. <laughs> 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 and I, I know this as a fan, right, because it's one of those things where it's like, really, this was that you got this one thing wrong? No, I was rewatching stuff again and again and double checking and triple checking, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy that it resonated. And I just, astronomer is my favorite villain and that is my favorite season and being able to play in that sandbox. And, to hear that I've done it justice is—it's mm-hmm. a comfort, and yeah, um, thanks, thanks for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, that kind of ties into uh, the question I have here. You mentioned in space is your favorite season. astronomers is your favorite villain. Were there any seeds that the show planted that you kind of took and ran with and added your own voice to?
1: Yes. Um, so, the very, very first time we meet Astronomer, right? We—she's this. I don't know what what is. What language can be allowed? Can I say bad? <laughs>
2: go, go for it. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I, I want to ask before, <laughs> you know, I start flinging out four-letter words. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we meet her after we've met Rita and Diva Talks and Zed and Ivan Ooze, if you watch the movies, and mm-hmm. um, Malgor, if you watch that movie. So we've we've gone through all these baddies, right? And the newest one just ups the last one. And then we get to... The baddest of the bad which is dark specter and this is his second in command mm-hmm. and her introduction is just so like she doesn't say anything she's just there someone tries to murder someone else and she just catches that blast in her hand like it's nothing right and i was like i want there to be something there between diva talks and mm-hmm. astronomer from their past that makes sense to where this is why they feel this way towards her but at the same time don't know who she is. So that's where I got this idea that they had a whole past together and that it was the one person who probably remembers it is the one person who's not going to talk about it which is mm-hmm. astronomer and that that's where the, like just that opening is where I was like yeah I, I need I need to do that I, I want, other people who are seen as equally big and bad but she outshines them and this is how she came to outshine them so that scene has forever lived in infamy in my mind like it lives in my brain rent free um <laughs> along with others from this from the season but that one yeah. was a big part of it and so and i really enjoyed diva talks as <laughs> she's she's a diva And so being able to, you know, tie that in. And then for me, like I said, I'm writing fan fiction, but it's now canon, making sense of why Dark Spectre looks like Malagor. (laughs) So that's a secret that's kind of in the background where you have D and Mal are a cute couple in the background. (laughs) And then he just goes missing one day. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, Dark Honda had this special assignment, it turns out it was this over here Um, and now you're a big old beastie (laughs) Um, so it it was little moments like that like the Mm -hmm. background easter eggs and being able to branch off into fleshing out something that Mm -hmm. was just meant to be introducing this character as more powerful than these other people and I was like well yes she's more powerful but why what happened So I answered my own questions by being able to do that. So
0: it was great. Yeah, and it's it's really incredible. Like I didn't realize it was Divatox until the final panel where they put the helmet on her. I'm like, oh, D Divatox, holy cow! Like I went back and and reread it because I was like, oh my god, this totally makes sense. It's her whole backstory. It it was it was great. Yeah, that was
1: what I was hoping for. Is that no <laughs> one would catch on because I gave them all other like you know these are just the the things that they've been assigned because they're on their part of the empire. You've been yeah. processed. Here's your little number. Yeah. But they make them into nicknames for each other, and it makes sense that yep. you know hers would be a spinoff of that since she didn't earn her her title like mm-hmm. astronomer earned her title. So that's why it's different from K.
2: It's so funny. He tweeted me. He's like, dude, did you, did you
1: catch who D was? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's great. Uh, I had so much fun with them and (laughs) being able to show, because Diva Tox was another one who Mm -hmm. during her season, she's a badass and you're like how did she get to be who she is but again it's one of those things where you know they're the ones in charge and they have people primarily fighting for them so you don't really get to see them go toe-to-toe with anybody except for maybe here or there when they decide to step down and you know get their hands dirty and I wanted to show them that yeah no for a while like Diva Talks outclassed Karone in every mm-hmm. way. And it wasn't just it wasn't until the end where Karone found her that spark where she's like, Yeah, no, I'm gonna be the baddest because I have no other choice. Um, that's what pushed it o- over, and it just everybody is it's just a bad act, they just all are. <laughs> they just all are. you can't be a thorn in the side of the Power Rangers for millennia, and you you're not an equally impressive like fighter. You just, exactly. that that just makes no sense to me.
0: Well, that's one of the things like with with Astronoma's struggle um to find her inner warrior, this whole issue and she's dealing with pressure from her peers while trying to find herself. Did do, do you have any experiences to draw on like to pull from to kind of put into the story like that?
1: Well, yeah, it's it's one of the unfortunate that sort of go hand in hand with, you know, like being the first Black woman to do this, mm-hmm. is that if you're the first or you're one of the only few, you have to fulfill the needs of an entire demographic. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing of it is, is that you can't do that because cultures are not monoliths. And so you need multiple viewpoints of certain stories to be able to run the gamut of it all so just in wanting to do what i do there's enormous pressure from you know just the fact that if you're the only one you have to be the stand-in for everyone right right? and it's a different kind of pressure than what astronomers dealing with but pressure is pressure you know so b- taking from my own frustrations and, you know, wanting to be what everyone wants me to be and still having to figure out, OK, so but what do I need to be for me in order to do this? Mm-hmm. It was very much something that I felt in making Astronomer's story and deepening it with this, because the superficial thing of, well, you're doing it just because you were told to do it. Well, no, it, it doesn't fit with how we come to know her as a person in the show. Exactly. Like, she's yeah. her own. And she was dangerous enough on her own that in the end, they had to like put a chip in her head to get her to <laughs> not. So clearly, on, on some level, Dark Spectre and his people are scared of her. Mm-hmm. And at some level, people who try to box you in are scared of you and what you can accomplish. So a lot of that went into building out the emotional beats for astronomers' backstory, because her Mm -hmm. backstory is like ours are completely different. But I can understand the frustration of having expectations put upon you, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the lie that was told to her about her family. They were great and you need to be great as a result. And it's like, why am I trying to outdo a fairy tale at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know it was a literal lie. But right. she was trying to, you know, <laughs> outdo a lie. And mm-hmm. you can't. You can only be the best that you can be for you in the moment. Maybe, you know, future you might be a little bit better, but that's because experience is a thing. Yeah. So I think that's what really struck home with astronomer for me. And that's where I actually ended up pushing a little bit more with ecliptor because he was also one of my mm-hmm. favorites from the show. And his connection to astronomy. And it's like, I need to explore why you have this automaton that was created to serve, like it was programmed to serve and how it developed a connection to this one person after all, however long, many years it's been serving. Mm -hmm. He's been serving for, without fail, how this one little itty bitty person managed to work its way into, you know, his mainframe or whatever his art is. <laughs> and he's adjusting his plans, not realizing what's happening as a part, you know, as, as a result. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, their dynamic is so great. So I just wanted to make them more personable.
2: And that, I mean, that kind of ties into uh, sort of the last question we have. and that, And that is the theme of family isn't limited by blood relation. And astronomer kind of has to learn this as she's overcoming her emotional and mental insecurities. Do you have any advice for anyone out there who may be going through a similar situation?
1: Well, what I love about Found Family is that you can find people on a number of plateaus. Mm-hmm. Found Family can be, we all really, really love this one thing And that's what grounded us. But now we've come to love each other as individuals. And this is what brought us together. But it's not what keeps us together. We're what keeps us together. Or we all have this belief system. And that has strengthened who we are as a people. Or in astronomer's case, these other, you know, three kids who are going through this same trauma and abuse. And while they kind of take it out on each other, they rely on each other to get through it. Mm -hmm. So I think any advice I would have for anyone trying to find family is that at the same time, it's trying to find you. So being open to what you need and not what people need from you, but what you need from yourself, because what you need from yourself is very often what someone else will need from you as well, because no one can be you like you. So feeding yourself and taking care of yourself is going to be what I would say is the priority. Self-care, looking out for yourself, pulling out of harmful situations, knowing that when you do that, you're not betraying anybody by looking out for yourself. Just take care of yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not selfish. It's not this negative thing where you're self-serving or you're arrogant. No, because you can't take take care of anybody else if you're falling apart. So in searching for that family, or if you've been blessed to find that family, you could take care of them by taking care of you because what they need is what you can give yourself. And you can only do that when
0: you're whole and happy together with them. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. That, that's amazing. I know we're running out of time, so I just want to say, l it's been a pleasure talking to you, really. The book is incredible, so congratulations. I really hope the rest of uh, Ranger Nation loves it as much as we do. So, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour@gmail.com. at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, on Instagram and Facebook at Hour, all one word. Once again, huge thanks to Boom Studios and L. McKinney for that amazing interview, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPh. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash ranger command ph to learn more thanks for listening